G'day, wrestling fans. Chris Funder here with Proteus Alex for another edition of Wrestling Oddstyle, uh, talking our third annual best of and worst of show. Hooray! How are you, Alex? I am fantabulous. This is a huge night of the year. Uh, many wrestling pundits come together to hear the the much regaled awards be handed out by one Chris Thunder and myself. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Young Bucks have put it in their Twitter bio. Um, <laughs> yes, but you but, make a good point. Uh, at night, not very often we do a night show. Normally these are for your uh, your talk is fantasy. And uh, usually the tradition is when we do that, we have a couple of beers. And uh, you know what, mate? There we are. <laughs> uh, I, I just got a co- Coke and rum mix as usual, so I don't. I just got a glass. I can't really make it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Sounds like the start of the Good Brothers theme song. Oh my god! Who knows? Maybe we'll talk about them later. Um, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So third annual. Uh, I really enjoy doing this. It, yeah. It's a good. Good sort of fun show to just go back, talk about the year that was. And I like now that we're doing the negativity because the past two years, the first year we didn't do it. And then the second year, it's kind of like, yeah, we should do this and just get out of our system after watching Raw for a year again. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you want to throw any other categories at me out of the blue, that's cool too. We could add some new shit. I don't care. Um <laughs> Yeah, I do have, like, awards listed for previous years, but then there's other categories where I only have, like, last year's. Yeah. So that makes sense. We added some new ones last year, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Once we record these things, I sometimes just completely forget about them. Yes, Um, Alex is very busy with the new show. Oh, no, no, no. This this is my show. The other one's a side hustle. Um, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so, 40 total awards from 12 categories. We did some uh, likely-unlikelies at the end of uh, last year as well. I can run through them off the top if you like, but... Oh, shit, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember. This is awesome. Yeah, cool. Okay, so I do have a... Uh, both our choices here and i have written down some new ones for this year that we'll do at the end of the awards uh so likely unlikely for 2021 darwin wrestling has two shows this year alex said unlikely i said likely and alex is correct on that one bloody melbourne wrestling barely had two shows (laughs) uh wrestle rock returns this year I believe they had at least one live show and a taped, uh, a ticketed show that was ended up re- being refunded because it was cancelled so many times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex and I both said likely, and that occurred. Now, this one is where I'm going to get your classification because I'm going to lay out my reasoning, uh, reasoning here. A major Queensland company emerges from the ashes of AWL. Both of us said likely, and... I think that counts uh, with PWL returning, um, them being aligned with Free Count Academy, which uh, Lucille Brawl and Bobby Bishop both run, uh, them also doing the Untapped series for their academy, uh, like online uh, matches, plus um, 
you've got the PWL now in partnership with uh, PWA of Sydney, including running two or three shows on the Gold Coast this year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think... <laughs> that checks out. Uh, MCW runs an arena show. <laughs> now, <laughs> remember, this is when uh, the government announced vaccines, you know, uh, Melbourne was looking to come out of lockdown. Everything seemed to be on the mend. Oh, so dear. MCW runs an arena show similar to MCW 100. They did have the co-promoted show with uh, PWA, but that wasn't in a big arena. Both no. of us said unlikely, and I think uh, unlikely is the result there. Uh, I would say unlikely again for another two years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. VOD for MCW and EPW close and fall under the Australian Wrestling Network. Both of us said unlikely, and this is where I put an asterisk next to it. The archives sort of have been integrated into the Australian Wrestling Network, but the uh, the current product is still separate. Yeah, the archives were on there from the beginning, though, because I remember when that network first showed up i did sign up for it at first and yeah yeah they had the they had the much older shows but nothing new yeah uh so i think that one's an unlikely as the uh, current stuff isn't on there but the archives still are and the last of the likely unlikely uh new zealand australia co-promoted show takes place in either country alex said unlikely I said likely because of how Australia was tracking at the time <laughs> and New Zealand being relatively untouched and opened. Yeah, when and was when was this show, you reckon, January or December? When we recorded? Yeah. Uh, early January, about the same time as we are now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very hopeful days. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, now, that didn't happen. So I said, uh, unlikely there. Uh, so we go on to the... I think we should stuff. add some international likely unlikelies. Oh, yeah, I've left a few spots for you to uh, to add some because <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot with mine and you're going to put me on the spot with yours so you can be in charge of the international ones this year. Okay. Okay, so our awards are 40 total awards from the following 12 categories, moment of the year, weekly series of the year, streaming service of the year, Announcer or announced team of the year, uh, best or worst on the mic or promo of the year, feud or rivalry of the year, rising star of the year, tag team stable or faction of the year, wrestler of the year, company of the year, event of the year, and match of the year. Uh, would you like me to uh, start off with the, our first award? Yes, it is. No more time to waste. It is time for the third annual, I guess we could call them the Wazzy Awards, the <laughs> Wrestling Oz Style Awards. So the Wazzies. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so first award is Best Moment of the Year. This one is exclusive uh, domestically, but I think if we had to pick internationally, we both agree. <laughs> uh for me, internationally, I'd say CM Punk because I'm such a fan. But uh, would you agree with that? Um, hang on. I Oh, my God. I'm just looking at past year awards I gave. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to read out the past ones because I'm hosting this. Uh, so for 2019, Alex had said 
Robbie Eagles versus Will Ospreay at Festival Hall. Well, I said PCW Grand Slam uh, running the same night as MCW Clash of the Titans, both in Melbourne with over 3,000 fans live in attendance. The 2020, uh, the signing of the Aussies to Ring of Honor, Slex, Brooksy and Kellyanne was Alex's uh, choice there. Well, I said the local Aussies, <laughs> the local scene returning with uh, Bright City, PWA, EPW and SPW. Oh, goodness. Uh, those didn't age well. <laughs> no. Oh, oh no. my God. Let's hope uh, my award this year ages well because I can see this award aging pretty poorly as well. Uh, so I'll go first here uh, as I've got the notes in front of me and then we can uh, throw to Alex because he'll probably give a bit more detail on it than me. Uh, for my honourable mentions, I said the announcement of Renegades of Wrestling that happened... I believe, late October or early November. Uh, the team and the signings to date have a lot of hype around it, yeah. and for good reason with the people behind the scenes. Um, it'll just be interesting to see how the 12 months from January to next December uh, pan yeah. out. But for my award, it was uh, Aussie Indies exploding onto fight and IWTV for a global audience. Very nice. Um yeah, that's a great pick. Um, I'm just jotting that down right now. Uh, I have an honourable mention to Renegades of Wrestling as well. I just can't... I can't give the award yet because we haven't seen anything yet. And I think it's mainly because of... um. How many times we have heard, oh, yeah, there's a national promotion coming and it sort yeah. of fizzles out in two, three months. Yeah. And yeah. the hype they've built up for themselves and that, it will uh, will be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. But my number one uh, Aussie moment of the year is the partnership of PWA and MCW coming together. Yes, the uh, local Forbidden Door. Yeah, I, I thought that was huge. I wasn't sure if that would ever happen. And the fact that we got a PWA XMCW show is just mind-blowing, if you think about it, from like a 2019 perspective. Yeah, exactly. These are two companies who worked regularly together in the early days of MCW and now all of a sudden are working together again almost 20 years later. You go back, you watch watch that final uh, ACW show, which is the first one under the uh, MCW ownership because the previous owner had passed away, but the show was all paid for. And then the next show is a PWA. I believe it's, is it Worlds Collide? It might yeah. be Worlds Collide because it's the first time they do like a best of seven or best of five series where it's PWA versus MCW matches. That's a really good show for anyone who's looking through the archives as well. It's got Ryan Eagles, Robbie Eagles, a lot of um, names you'd be more familiar with in uh, recent scenes on the local and international scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, good choice, mate. Uh, really something I did not think I'd, I'd say out loud in a 2021. Uh, now, weekly series of the year. Best International 2019. Alex had said NWA Power. I'd said, <laughs> Age as well. I'd said AEW Dynamite. 2020 
clean sweep AEW Dynamite. Uh, so for me, 2021, honourable mention to AEW Elevation and AEW Dark from the Impact Zone, specifically the Impact Zone tapings. Um, specifically when Taz just doesn't give a shit <laughs> on commentary and they're like, because they're not in the arena and they're recording like over Skype from their homes and he's like, they're making like jokes about, oh yeah, yeah. That guy that's definitely behind me in the crowd definitely just threw something at me. <laughs> that that's right, Taz, because we are definitely here. Yeah. Uh and also to Impact. I thought this was a year again where Impact really picked up on their uh TV product. Okay. That that that's a take. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I said AEW Rampage. Oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, I found the hour of TV really good. The first first few months on there, I thought, were really stacked shows. Coming into December, there was one or two sort of missed shows, but the rest of it, I thought, was really good. Yeah, fuck. You've, um, you've really thrown a spanner in the works here. <laughs> uh, so... My pick was, I looked at last year's and I was like, oh, it'd be really boring if we both picked the same thing again. So I was like, oh, I could pick that, but I'll pick a more obscure pick. Surely he won't pick this. And my pick is AEW Rampage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great minds think alike. Um, yeah, uh, it's an hour of wrestling that actually means something. You get one banger match, you get a one like sort of quickish sort of squash match or like a fast-paced women's match, and then you get I don't know some like cluster F main event, and that's sort of been their formula each week. And if you actually notice. As time's gone on, Rampage has slowly turned into NXT black and gold with the people they've got on it. Because, like, you're regularly... Nowadays, you're regularly getting either Bobby Fish or Adam Cole in a match on Rampage. Like, we just had Jake Atlas. We just had Ever, Ever Rise in a main event. You had Ruby Soho on Rampage semi-regularly, another NXT person. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's um, it's really funny that they've kind of done the whole invasion without actually doing the invasion. Um, there was Rampage. Such... Rampage is an hour. It's easily digestible. It's great fun to watch. It's on a good time for us on a Saturday. Well, for me, anyway. <laughs> um, it's good. But... I come home from work and put it on, and it's an hour. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, I cannot stress enough how much I love, before the main event, the little split-screen thing with Mark Henry and his own screen in the middle. It's time for the main event. Like, yeah. that whole thing, I love it. I love it. It's a great presentation. It's slightly tweaked. Uh, Taz and Ricky Starks on commentary for the majority of the latter part of the year has been fantastic on Rampage. Uh, I would say, like, yeah, 
at times there might be a little less star power on Rampage, but Rampage is consistently just start to finish must-watch television. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with all that. Ah, now we come to your favourite part of the awards, the worst of, worst international series of the year. Uh, for 2019, we uh, both said Raw. For 2020, a clean sweep again of Raw. 2021, quick honourable mentions to WWE 205 Live. Changed the name to uh, Evolve. <laughs> it's already purple. You've got tag matches on there. You've got guys bigger than 205 Live. You've got women matches on there. Great. I love diversity in wrestling. In wrestling. Okay, I love all that, but <laughs> you can't say this is what we are and then do this. It, it's uh, contradictory to itself. And also, NXT 2.0, specifically 2.0 itself, um, just sort of changing everything and still losing uh, US viewership to a large degree, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, but my my choice goes to the same <laughs> Same show it has the past two years, Raw. It's three hours. This does not need to be three hours. <laughs> if... Congrat- congratulations, Raw, on your big three-peat from Chris Thunder. It. You have... Oh, I should say, you had a large roster of very good wrestlers who could go out and put very good matches longer than 15 minutes on TV regularly. <laughs> And you fire all them, and it's like we have a 30 minutes opening talking segment every fucking week. Nine out of 10 weeks, you put on Raw. You're guaranteed an opening talking segment for 20 to 30 minutes. Every week. Every week. And this show drags, and you can watch it in fast forward, and it still drags. I will say, before we shit even more on Raw. Um, we are currently two Raws into 2022, and both of them have been pretty decent. Pretty decent. I wouldn't say, like, flawless top to bottom, but when you got three hours, it's a lot harder to make a flawless top to bottom. There's going to be some shit in there. <laughs> um, but it's not as if this is a new problem. They've had three hours for the better part of ten years. Yeah. No, exactly. Uh, I would say 2022, two weeks in, great start, Raw. But <laughs> I'll note that as... down in your best of. Should I just pencil that in early? <laughs> um, 2021, though. Yeah. Honorable mention to Raw. Wow. I'm Gosh. breaking the streak. The streak is over. Yeah, big shocked face guy. Um, Honourable mention to SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown, I feel like at one point, was the premiere show on out of all the WWE shows, including NXT at one point. But the draft happened and they just stripped SmackDown of half of their interesting people. They're like, oh, we'll put all the less interesting people on the show that Roman Reigns is on, and then all the somewhat interesting people onto Raw. So then it's 
So now SmackDown after the draft turned into Roman Reigns and others. And, and injured others or people who were there to feud with him and then up and leave. Yeah, like where we are at the moment in 2022, they've brought someone over from Raw to wrestle in. Oh, because yeah. Because they've that. run out of people. There's literally no one on that roster that is ready for a run with Roman Reigns. Speaking because of they no stripped one, it dry. Speaking of no one on the roster, we'll get there shortly about my favourite crop with the WWE roster. But uh, where do you give your uh, your wazzy this year? Yeah, uh, I have to do it. As much as I sometimes find it entertaining... What has happened to this show is absolutely tough to watch sometimes. It's NXT 2.0, my worst international show of the year. Yeah. And I, I, I say specifically NXT 2.0. That's where I was on the fence because when did the rebranding happen? Around September, it feels like. Yeah. So... Yeah. I would say there was a good nine months where we didn't get 2.0. And the three months of 2.0, in my opinion, were worse than 12 months of Raw. Uh, yeah, it, for me, it was it was a coin flip of which one I disliked more. And it's like, Raw's been crap for pretty much nine months and you have three months of the occasional good show in there. NXT's been crap for three months, but we had nine months of good stuff before that. Yeah, I would say, like, yes, 2.0 has, like, a few of its bright spots. It has, like, your Grayson Waller getting, like, out of nowhere a push to the moon. Like, just... To the moon. Wait, wrong yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Oh, man. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, everything from black and gold NXT has just been dropped and... I'm sure we can talk about that on a future episode of the wrestling rap, but like LA Knight disappears. Cameron Grimes somewhat disappears. I bet you Tommaso Ciampa is going to go bye-bye. Gargano's <laughs> gone. Gargano's gone. Like, Carl yeah. Fish. Yeah. Riley. Yep. The other guy's there. Yeah, but, um, why doesn't he bring back his dad character now? That'd work so well for him now. Yeah, well, his wife was on Dark this week. Roderick Strong's wife, Marina Shafir, was on Dark. Yeah, wasn't she on there a few weeks ago? Or it might have been taped a few weeks ago when I heard about it. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think she's been on for the past couple of weeks, actually, so that would check out. Um, but, yeah, like... NXT 2.0, like, there's the bright spots of Grayson Waller, Bron Breaker. And I would say that's pretty much it. Like, Dakota Kai's, like, barely used anymore. Raquel Gonzalez is, like, a background character. Um, Dakota Kai, who wasn't, who was um someone you can't miss getting dark matches on SmackDown, then 2.0 right. happens. Let's not forget, like... WWE called up Aaliyah and Shotzi, and they haven't been seen on TV since Survivor Series. Uh, they called up BFAB and Hit Row, yeah. and look how that went. They had 
Jonah do a dark match. They had him do a championship match, and he was gone the same week, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is something like, I've like said. There, there are bright spots in 2.0, but a majority of this show is 1995 WWF. Everyone has a job. Everyone has a hobby, and that is their gimmick. And, like, watching back 1995 Raws and stuff like that can be fun because you know it's not happening right now and it's kind of corny and it's kind of laugh at it in hindsight. But going through it right now in 2022 and 2021, it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? (laughs) And I think a good point to that is... Raw at that time was what maybe an hour going into yeah. two at points. Yeah, Raw was this an is hour. two hours. Yeah, it doesn't need to be two hours. And yeah, yeah. Um, like Lance Storm said on a Wrestling Observer, there's no incentive for anyone to pack up and move across country, let alone from another country to Florida to no, be reinvested a few anymore. weeks and gone. They they don't want that anymore. They want people that are just coming out of college. So we're going to get more uh, Eva Marie's. This is a generate like this is a complete redo. Like in terms of their signing process to like the early years of the ruthless aggression era, where and guess who was the head of talent relations then? Johnny Ace. John Laurinaitis, who's the head of talent relations right now? People power. Damn right it is. And yeah. what happened back then? Oh, you had a heap of muscled up dudes with the same haircut and shitty tribal tattoos. And that was <laughs> your entire roster in 2005. Like, now we're going to have, like, your Rob Conways and your Sylvain Grenier's and, <laughs> and you're going to have your... Yeah, you're going to have these sort of people that, like, have a million-dollar look and absolutely no appeal when the bell rings. Yeah. And we're going to go through that all over again. Except Um, this time, there's another company actually biting on their heels, unlike last time, where there wasn't any competition. I don't think this is going to work out very well for the WWE. It... In five years' time, because let's think back to 2005. Like, Cena became the top guy, Batista became the top guy, how Randy Orton was the top guy, and then you had all your previous top guys that were still there, like your Angles, your Michaels, Triple H's, Undertaker, so on and so forth. How many top get top guys came up out of that era? None. Ten Miz. years. One. Okay. <laughs> One. One. Like, like they didn't, they didn't get any top guys coming out of that. No. The, they got top guys out of the black and gold era of NXT. They got Roman Reigns out of the black, black and gold era. Yeah. They got, they got Seth Rollins. They got. You know, Moxley, Moxley, Bray White, White family, um, 
Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn. Bella. Yeah. Yeah, Bella. Like, they've they the got... The four horsewomen. The four fucking horsewomen. Alexa. Um, Rhea. Oh, yeah, I guess Rhea. Um, <laughs> Bianca. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. But I would say, like, Bianca sort of falls under the category of what they're looking for now anyway. Like, this person so with no, no wrestling experience, but great athletic experience, relatively young. Yeah. But, like, you know, Seth Rollins, who's a top guy, like, he wouldn't get signed now compared, like, looking at what they're looking for right now. Yeah. Under 30, um, with no real wrestling experience and an athletic background. That is not Seth Rollins. That is not John Moxley. That is not Kevin Owens. That is not, like, h- half of their top guys. Hmm. No, I can't even think of one that'd come close to that who's on main roster. Yeah, um, like Riddle probably gets the most TV time out of everyone at the moment, and he wouldn't fall under that. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on to our third awards? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really should. Fuck. Uh, 30, stream- 37 to go. 38 to go. <laughs> Streaming service of the year, Best Air and Ashley. 2019, Alex had said WWE Network. I'd said New Japan World. 2020, Alex had said WWE Network. I had said AW Plus on Fight. And for 2021, I go with AW Plus on Fight again. Um, simply because it makes Dynamite and Rampage feel like a pay-per-view experience. We oh. And I saw everyone, and we'll get to the match later, the match, you know, question from Dynamite, the time limit draw. Um, yeah. Everyone say, oh, the match was ruined because of commercial breaks. And I'm just sitting here going... Huh, how do you feel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, it wasn't ruined at all. Um, <laughs> For us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree, I agree a thousand percent. I'm giving it to AEW+. I struggled to give it to it the year before because we were pay, paying a relative, like, what, eight bucks a month for one show a week? But yeah. now... We're getting two shows, and we're getting Battle of the Belts and whatever. So yeah. so now I feel like it's a little bit more worth the money, and now the archive is a bit more extensive and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it's definitely worth the money. Like, over Christmas, I went back and watched, like, the first month of Dynamite just to see what it was like. 2019 Dynamite? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's pretty funny in hindsight. Like, I think it was pretty funny even back then. Like, it was a real worry that the first episode of Dynamite ended with... Like, you knew it was going to end with some big debut, but the big debut was Jack Swagger. Yep. Yeah, and, like, in hindsight, that's hilarious, because, like... The dude barely even shows up on Dynamite. And I know for a fact from Sammy Guevara vlogs and BTE vlogs that he's there every week. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well, he gets paid somehow, I guess. Yep. 
um, worst international streaming service of the year. 2019, we both said the former Global Wrestling Network because it was an unsecured site. So if you entered your credit card details, they weren't secured. Yep. <laughs> Bloody impact. Just can't help themselves. And for 2020, Alex had said New Japan World because they're uh, navigating the site in English is a pain in the ass, plus their archives is a pain in the ass to navigate. I'd said Impact Plus. Uh, 2021, I'm going to stick stateside, but I'm not going to give it to Impact again. I went to NWA on fight. Oh, you fucker. Yeah, they I, took, did, I did the same thing. <laughs> okay. I thought them taking all the power that used to be on YouTube and um, on fight for free and stuff, and then removing it all, especially around the time the uh, question mark had passed away, and then putting it all behind a paywall and those weird pay-per-view, non-pay-per-view shows where the NWA Hollywood tapings and... Yeah, I, I just don't think they did that well this year. They Here's had some the good thing. events. You, you can put stuff behind a paywall. That's fine. But you've got to give people something to draw them to the paywall. You can't yeah. just put everything behind a paywall and then expect people to find it. You Like, as soon as they put everything behind a paywall, paywall people just stop talking about them. Yeah, I think that was very much their own their own doing there. Because um, we were enjoying NWA Power when we were able to catch it amongst Let, everything else. Let's go back to the first category, my 2019 show of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I think it just did not do itself any favours trying to put itself behind a paywall there. And And here's the thing. Last week they started putting power on YouTube again. But guess what? You didn't even know that, did you, Chris? No. <laughs> That's the problem. No one gives a shit anymore. It's been behind the paywall for too long. And now people are just like, oh, yeah. But... And plus, it's episode three of season seven. That's when they've decided to start putting it back on YouTube. Why couldn't you have done it for the debut of season seven? Like, why yeah. does it have to be episode three? And you're now at the point where people are like, eh, it's been that long since I've watched Power. I'm not really in the habit of it anymore. I can do without it. Yeah. Uh, best streaming service of the year domestically. Uh, 2019, Alex and I both said MCW Encore on Vimeo. 2020, Alex had said PWA on OVO Play, which I detest and am very glad OVO Play is gone. I had said, on the other hand... <laughs> it RCW... was a troll vote, that's for sure. <laughs> it was. I had said RCW on YouTube. Uh, 2021, I'm going to go to Deathmatch Down Under on IWTV. Oh, my God. This show isn't going to be very entertaining, is it? Um... Why? Well, I picked the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, clean sleep again. Um, I think they've done a really good job marketing themselves, plus them being a more uh, hardcore wrestling, somewhat slipping into ultra-violent territory with some of their matches. Um, yeah. 
I think it does lend themselves better to be on a IWTV where you might see some think like a uh, a CCW sort of uh, quality of promotion uh, that sort of similar vein, ultraviolet. Whereas to fight, it's more sort of your general wrestling, less ultraviolet, other than game changer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anything you want to add on to there? No. Um. I've got a lot to talk about, DMDU, and we'll talk about them more later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, category for announcer or announcer team of the year. So we go best internationally first, 2019. We've both said New Japan English team, Kevin Kelly, uh, Rocky Romero, Chris Charlton, and Gino Gambino for 2020. I'd said the same, uh, New Japan English again, Kelly, Romero, Charlton, and Gambino, whereas Alex had said Tony Schiavone. And well, I th- uh, go on. <laughs> It was like he had a really good year, and instead of picking an entire announce team, I think I'm going to go in the direction of picking just one announcer that really stands out. Yeah. And yeah, my honorable mention last year was Samoa Joe. Looking at my notes here, <laughs> I, I'm just going to ask. Yeah, that doesn't age well at all. Old uh, Joey Two Fired. Um, <laughs> hey, can join the. Uh... The same club as uh, old Drake Maverick. I mean, is Samoa Joe the new JR and an announcer that's been fired multiple times from the company? Um, can I go first with my 2021 thing, just in case we've picked the same thing so, yeah, I, can, so I can prove I'm not copying? Um, all right. I think there's a chance you may have picked this for your award winner. I'm picking just one person again. It's Taz. <laughs> oh, you shit of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I do love me some Taz. Um, go on, do you want to elaborate? I mean, <laughs> Taz was always good in WWE. Even in Impact, it was pretty decent. It is a nice Taz. <laughs> I'm... The problem with his impact run was Aces and eights. <laughs> a, an announcer is the storyteller for you. And it's pretty hard to tell a story if the story that they have to read from is a pile of shit. <laughs> so, like, Taz was the voice of, like, that awesome era of SmackDown, like 02 to like 06, I think. And he yeah, was the I voice of the, he was the voice of that. And the SmackDown six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was like mid 06 that he stopped because then the new ACW came along and he was announcer for that. But he was so great there because what he had in front of him was great. And usually Taz is a fantastic commentator, commentator if there's fantastic technical wrestling. Because he's really good at calling that shit. Yes, he does say some stupid shit and he is hilarious. But he also calls moves really well and explains what a move does really well. Then he goes over to Impact it's a bit tougher for him to get into it. So then he signs with AEW and everyone's like, oh, yeah, I guess he was all right. I'll just keep him as a manager because, you know, that impact run kind of sucked. 
But then he goes back on commentary. Oh, shit, that was pretty good. And then they realized they had something and they just kept him on commentary. And I think he was, at one point this uh, 2021, he was do- he was on four AEW shows a week. <laughs> All right. Um, and so he should be. And, like, one of my favorite things on YouTube right now is, like, there's this compilation of Taz singing AEW wrestler songs. Is this when he's singing Jungle Boy out? There's <laughs> that one. <laughs> there's that one. There's the Ruby Soho one. Oh, where God, not he... the Ruby one. <laughs> and then, oh, there's him singing Best Friends. There's him singing, uh, my favorite one was him singing Nyla Rose's theme song. And he's just like, Nyla, Nyla, Nyla Rose, native, native, native beast. She is Nyla Rose. <laughs> it, it gave me vibes to, oh my God, another reference. Back in like 05, 06, when he was a commentator for Rene Dupree matches and Rene Dupree used to do that dance. And every time Rene Dupree did that dance on commentary, Taz would be like, oh, I'm a Frenchman, I'm a Frenchman, I do French things because I'm a Frenchman. <laughs> oh, man, Taz, I love him so much. And him singing, mm, moi. Well, I've kind of gone the same as you again. Because <laughs> I picked the, uh, the core team of AEW. I picked Ross, Shivani, Excalibur and Taz. Tails. It's Tash. <laughs> um, it's Sting. It's Sting. Yeah, yeah I would also like to... everyone up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. No, it's all right. Eliza's playing the, um, Far Cry 6 in the lounge room. <laughs> Ooh, good game. Um, yeah, I think the core team of AEW has done such a great job. And yes... Ross can be off at points. Um, uh, Rusev instead say, of Miro and such, but he's gone a he, lot better. He had a pretty good year. Hmm. I would say 2020 and 2019 were not great years for JR in terms of his commentary. Like the mistakes were very often. Yeah. But 2021, he had a pretty good year. Okay. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that as well. Uh, so we go on to our worst international announcer or announced team of the year. 2019, Alex had said Josh Matthews of Impact Wrestling. I'd said Mauro Ronaldo. Uh, yep. 2020, Alex had said Josh Matthews of Impact. <laughs> I'd said all of WWE, excluding Nigel McGuinness and Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I believe my honourable mention last year was to Jim Ross. Yes. Um, and I would give him an honourable mention in the opposite category this year. So good for you, JR. Boomer Suna. Um My worst announcer of the year, I've got a two-way tie. I couldn't pick between the two of yeah. them. Uh, Chris Jericho! Sorry, did I scream? Well, just uh, turn the volume down. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho, definite, definite co-winner of this award. Yeah. 
And then to the other end of the spectrum, I know no one watches it, but I still watch NWA. <laughs> Velvet Sky. Velvet Sky. From NWA. She talks really quietly. And you can barely hear her. And she is a void of all charisma and enthusiasm for the product. Oh, that's the end of the match right there. What a win. <laughs> yep. Uh, I did watch her stuff during the anniversary in the women's pay-per-view. I thought she was all right then, but I have seen clips of other things online. Not from NWA themselves, but uh, the third parties. And uh, yeah, it didn't look too good. No, uh, she was pretty good on that Empowered pay-per-view, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact, like... They uh, were relying on her as the woman commentator? Yeah, I think she had to bring it. But but most of the time, like, your stereotypical NWA power shows, that's where she really sucked, man. (laughs) Like, I don't know... Like, when she was in ring, she was a fairly charismatic wrestler. I don't know what happened, man. Yeah. Uh, For myself, honourable mention, Chris Jericho, please shut the hell up. Big fan (laughs) of yours, just your commentary. Just, you don't need to be at 11 for commentary. No, it... If you're at 11 all the time, if you're at 11 for a fucking arm drag, what are you going to be at for a bloody double superplex off the top rope through seven tables that are set on fire? True. Yeah. Uh, But again, my award goes to all of WWE, except Nigel McGuinness. Is he still with the company? (laughs) I think so. Yeah, he, prob- he probably is, like, the NXT UK commentator, I assume. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Smith has gotten better in his role. He's a I'd lot say better he... than Adnan Verk. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I had Adnan Verk as a honorable honorable mention. I, I couldn't give it to him because it was there for, like, three weeks, but I wanted to give him an honorable mention just to remind everyone he existed. Oh, <laughs> This was a thing that happened. And, like, they hyped it up for, like, a week on social media. Like, oh, my God, this award-winning reporter or whatever, Adnan Verk is coming to Raw and is gone. I'm sure that's impressive to the North American market, but when you don't tell us much more to a global audience, we're like, who is this guy? Yeah. I don't know. They did tell us much. Oh, it must be important. Yeah. Um. Going on to best domestic uh, commentary team, I don't think we'll have the same this year, but 2019, clean sweep for Wrestle Rock, Chris Fresh and Julian James. 2020, clean sweep for PWA, Andrew Rose and Chris Gale. Alex, would you care to do the honours? Yeah, this year I'm going to Lord Andy Coyne from Deathmatch Down Under. Wow. <laughs> You'd not see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, the sarcasm is strong in this, Chris. Um, no, uh, Lord Andy Coyne Corn- has always been fantastic, but I feel like there's something about his voice, his very, like, high-tier, like, wealthy-sounding British voice over the top of, like, 
exploding light tubes and blood everywhere. There's something about a contrast in it. It's like this very proper English accent. And then all this chaos going on, it's, it it works in the most unusual of ways. Who's his um main uh commentary so, partner? Is it Hawko still? It's Hawko, but it sort of rotates somewhat. There are shows where JXT's on commentary. They've sometimes had Cracker Jack. They've had various wrestlers on there. We, I would have picked the entire team, but I feel like it was a safer bet to just pick Lord Andy Coyne. Um, honorable mention to to Lord Andy for myself, but um, I went to the Wright City Wrestling team of Paul Roberts and Sean Frewster. I thought the guys had really improved over the past yeah. couple of years of us watching it regularly, and yep. they've done a hell of a lot of carrying during this pandemic for in terms of Aussie wrestling that's been put out. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Of course, yeah. It's been incredible how much these two guys have improved on commentary. And just to mention the start of um, last year, the two big matches of Rocky Monero, the video referee, which is used for the first time. So they've got a referee in the back watching the footage and the ref's looking up the aisle way and then talking to the ref and Rocky hits him from behind, hits the um, challenger from behind. and. Commentary's all over that. You son of a... And then, you know, gets the quick win, but there's only one video review per match. And then Rocky's loss. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever see another moment like that in the modern uh, Australian wrestling landscape, at least from the major companies. No, not at all. Yeah, uh, that's a very good pick. Um, so from there, we go to best on the mic or promo of the year, uh, starting off internationally. 2019, we both agreed uh, from AEW, Cody asking for his older brother, Dustin Rhodes, after their match. And for 2020, Alex had said Roman Reigns, whereas I had said uh, the Jay Uso Chronicle before Clash of Champions. My God, I had... That's a really good one, by the way. I had... A lot of honourable mentions last year. Eddie Kingston, Taz, MVP, Don Callis, John Moxley. (laughs) But, yeah, this year, I'm going to keep it simple, stupid. I'm just going to pick one person. And I think this might surprise some people, but this might not be the first name on everyone's list. But when I say it, everyone would probably agree with me. Miro. Oh, that's a really good choice. Yeah, I would say, like, he doesn't get a great deal of promo time, but he gets his good, you know, 30 seconds to a minute sort of quick videos each week, and they're always compelling. They're great. It makes sense. It's believable. As stupid as it is, like, written on paper, this guy is upset at God for failing him and giving him a glass jaw, a glass neck. Yeah. Like, on paper, that's stupid. But he makes you believe that that's what he thinks. And I don't think it hurts the fact 
that he debuted in AEW was such a shit, in such a shit way. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it, this is what we're getting out of him. And it's just, like, I've loved his in-ring work this year. But to me, it's his mic work that has really stood out for me. And, like, this version of Miro, if they gave him a little bit more airtime every week, this could be the best wrestler in the world. Uh, Yeah. No doubt about it. Like, if they put the belt on him, I guarantee you it would be one of the greatest title runs that AEW could ever give us. Just because he believes it. And there's not that many people on wrestling television nowadays that say something at the camera and actually believe what they're saying. Yeah. Um, for myself, I really like that choice. For myself, I went an honorable mention to Danhausen from Ring of Honor. And very nice, very evil. <laughs> Just his general work in terms of gaming himself over. This was a guy who I hadn't heard that much of before last year. Yeah. And the guy got on freaking Conan O'Brien. Like I, I was watching that interview the other day because I heard so much about it, but then I watched it and it was not only awesome to watch him like not be in gimmick, but the way his mind works, like yeah, the dude is a genius, I swear. Uh, but my pick went to something that I think is going to be talked about for years and years. This is Bruno being been in the garden. This is uh, Mick Foley putting the butts in seats. This is uh, Rock and Hogan. Like, this is one of those moments that will be probably played forever. And yeah. Sam Punk, the first dance. Yep. I mean, like, it was really... Like, I, in hindsight, I really should have picked either Sam <laughs> Punk or MJF, but I just wanted to give Miro some love. But <laughs> Sam Punk, man. It, like, and I would say, like, his current feud with MJF would be a contender for the 2021 feud of the year, just for a month's worth of promos and not um, even having a conclusion to the feud yet. But... Yeah. And, yeah, like, everything he's done, uh, bar a couple of things, it, there were some hit and misses, but this whole CM Punk run has been booked fairly well, like, really well. Like, when it started to get a little bit old, they stopped doing it and they changed direction. Yep. And, like when you when it started started to wear thin, the whole I'm ha- I'm happy to be here. I'm just so happy. Blah blah blah. All of a sudden, out comes an Eddie Kingston to bring out the, the anger out of CM Punk, and then we get a, an MJF following that, and this like first dance. That's the defining moment of AEW. Don't. Don't get it confused with anything else. That is their big moment. That is the biggest thing they've ever done and is the biggest thing they will 
ever do, I, I believe. They sold out the United Centre based off of Aruba. I remember talking to you the day before. And you're like, oh, yeah, Punk's going to show up. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Yeah. They I, sold yeah. out the United Centre based on a rumour. It was never even referenced on television. Yeah. Um, I suppose we should keep moving along at somewhat of a reasonable pace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, award number 11 of the night. <laughs> Worst international on the Michael promo of the year. 2019, Alex had said Charlotte Flair. I'd said Nia Jax. 2020, Alex had said Charlotte Flair. I'd said Nyla Rose. Uh, for 2021, I'm just going to put out there, Alexa Bliss with Lily. Great pick. This is something that I thought was sort of a placeholder for The Fiend to return, and then he was released, and then I thought, okay, maybe they're going to drop this. And it kept going, and it kept going, and it kept going. And then it was a feud with Charlotte, and Charlotte destroyed the doll. And then Alexa left. This was pointless. And half of her promos were the same problem people had with Bray. Rambling nonsense for nothing. Yeah. Uh, your choice, man. Uh, my choice this year, uh, this might be a somewhat controversial pick, Becky Lynch. Since her return... It has just been swimming upstream, try, desperately trying to get heat. And every single probo she comes out for, the crowd cheers her, and then she says, your local team sucks. They start booing, and then she bangs on all this bullshit, this phony-ass, like, Conor McGregor wannabe act of big-time backs, blah, 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 out, gets interrupted by a baby face, shuts up the baby face, puts down the baby face, and then end of segment. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much been the Becky Lynch formula since she showed back up. And it is exactly the same reason why I gave Charlotte Flair worst promo of the year the year before. It's the same reason why I'd give it to Becky Lynch. Like, I could easily go, oh, Tamina's shit on the mic, but how often does she get the mic? This yeah. is someone I have to endure for, like, 20 minutes every week at the moment. And, yeah, honourable mention to Alexa Bliss, honourable mention to Charlotte Flair yet again, but I just can't stand the quote-unquote big-time Becks. She's not even doing her prop, her real accent. She's like changed it so she could sound a little bit more Conor McGregor-ish. Ew. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah. Fuck that act. <laughs> uh, award number twelve, best domestically for on the mic or promo. Uh, Twenty nineteen. Alex had said Matty Wahlberg of PWA. I'd said the PWA package of Jack J. Bonds and Robbie Eagles confronting each other before the Liger Down Under event. Uh, 2020, Alex had said Kellyanne from Ring of Honor for all her online work there. Fucking and... aged well. <laughs> uh, whereas I said the EPW promo of uh, career versus title, Storm versus Pit over the Coastal Championship. 
2020, this may not be someone you're expecting me to give it to, but uh, DMDU's Joel Bateman. Really great choice. Uh, Fantastic choice. I think whether it be at the show or an online presence, when he speaks, I just pay attention. Yeah. And I've said before how I feel about DMDU. They're doing a lot of great things, but deathmatch isn't really my thing, and it's sort of an in-between place, um, trying to judge him fairly. But he is somebody who I think, if he was uh, with another company, just his um, promos alone could get him in a really good position. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, for you, man? I picked uh, – it's a recent choice – it is PWA's comeback video. Did you see that one? Uh, possibly. Yeah, it's like, it's this beautiful sort of video, like, and you see everyone, like, you see your school, and then it pans out, and you see the prefects. You see, like, Jack J. Bonzer in the, in the woods like chopping trees you see sam osborne sipping tea and all that sort of stuff uh kingsley doing her thing just all these wrestlers in their natural environment and you see in the background like a calendar sort of flicking by as time's just passing by and then it gets to a certain date and it stops and it announces like pwa's comeback show yeah, I did see that one now. That was a really good video. It was just, that. yeah, it really stood out to me. Like, I often think about it for some reason. It's just a really beautifully done video. Uh, yeah, it's just something PWA does really well, is their online videos. Like, I remember those uh, Jack Bonza videos for his return. Him, like, yep. chopping wood in the snow. And then this video has, like, the snow's melted away and now it's just grass and stuff everywhere because so much time has passed. It was brilliant. I loved it. Um, from there, we go to feud or rivalry of the year. We're going to start off best internationally. 2019, Alex had said Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks. I had said Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. 2020, Alex had said Roman Reigns versus Duos. Jay Uso. I had said AEW, the elite versus the inner circle. Uh, what have you got this year, Alex? My God, have I got a choice for you guys this year? Go on. Um, let's go back to the middle of the year. Dark Side of the Ring has just happened. One particular wrestler got a lot of buzz online because of it because of an episode about him. And one smart guy with the internet decides to start tweeting at him and eventually leads to a surprise appearance where he pretended to be someone else. And then we get the match, and holy shit, the champ lost. Yep, my feud of the year is Matt Cardona versus Nick Gage. Wow. I didn't consider that for match of the year, but holy cow, that is a really good feud. Yeah, um, I'll talk about it more later. 
okay. Uh, for my <laughs> for myself, uh, feud or rivalry of the year, I said uh, best choice was AEW's Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. My God, yeah, like it's the defining feud of AEW's like twenty twenty one. Um, yeah, definite great choice. Uh, I would I would have given that an honourable mention on my part. Uh, nothing WWE wise stands out for me this year. Oh, maybe this uh, next category will entice you. Worst international feudal rivalry of the year, 2019 clean sweep. Both of us said Seth Rollins versus the Fiend. Where at the halfway point they had that awful hell in the cell with the toolbox and a disqualification. Yeah. And Sean Waltman was never invited back to watch along. Yep. Uh, 2020, we both said New Japan, Naito versus Evil with Dick to go. Yep, very good. So are we going to agree this year? Uh, I'll go first, if you like, because I'm going to WWE for Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. That's a hell of a shout, my friend. You did this last year for the NXT title, and it was okay. And you decide to run it back on the main roster less than 12 months later, and it was somehow less interesting with fans in attendance. My God. This sucked. And I love Rhea as an Aussie wrestler. You want to fly your flag high. You want to cheer her on. But by God, did this just suck. Here's the thing that's odd about this category. Like, usually if a feud's really bad, sometimes you just have a tendency to just forget forget it completely. <laughs> so sometimes, like, if you have an immediate answer for this category, it might not actually be what you really think about, <laughs> what you really think is the worst feud of the year, because the worst feud of the year may have just fallen out of your mind because you hated it so much. Oh, what so, do you got? So I feel like my pick is that sort of falls into that category of, I think it happened in the middle of the year. It didn't go for so long. So it sort of slipped everyone's minds, but I'm going to have to pick it. And my God, am I do? Am I doing it? It's an AEW feud. Cody Rhodes versus The Factory. Oh, my God. Honorable mention. That sucked. And, dude, Cody Rhodes won my Wrestler of the Year two years in a row, and now he's winning Worst Feud of the Year. Not even the blatant Cody Rhodes mark can defend him anymore. (laughs) Um, I completely forgot about that, and for good reason, it seems. Yeah, that's the thing about this category. Sometimes things are just so bad that you just completely forget about it. So, like, yes, and I completely forgot all about Charlotte and Rhea. So (laughs) that's a hell of a shout. I would say there's... Other honourable mentions that happened in 2021, The Fiend versus Randy Orton. Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. Alexa Bliss (laughs) versus anyone. 
Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte, like versus Shayna Baszler. Remember, remember yep. her as a wrestler. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, uh, Baron Corbin versus Financial Wealth. Um, <laughs> like, like yeah. Uh, financial wealth. Um. <laughs> Baron Corbin versus mustard stains on his shirt. Um, <laughs> goddamn nappy sand won't work. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could say uh, WWE uh, independent contractors versus having a job. Um, like, seriously, like Nick Khan versus anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, there, there's a million picks for this category, but yeah, uh, for me, Cody Rhodes and the quote-unquote promo that ended racism. Like, holy shit, that was. Oh my like, god, I forgot about that promo. Yeah. Um, oh god. Oh, I, I, I watched. I watched a video him from a week ago, and he said, "I regret everything I did." during my feud with the Anthony Agogo. And I'm like, at least you know to say that. He goes, I realize in hindsight, I thought I was saying the right thing with that promo, but I realized perhaps a white dude with dyed bleach blonde hair and American flag tattooed on his neck probably isn't the right guy to say this. No shit, dickhead. Um um, yeah, I, I still love Cody, but I can't defend him. <laughs> I can't defend him. I can still love him, but I can't defend him. Sometimes those who love you, those who you love, disappoint you. And he disappointed me this year. Uh, we go on to award number 15, best domestically. So 2019, uh, feudal rivalry of the year. Alex had said Ricky South versus SMS from PWA. I'd said the Nations versus MK Plus Ultra from PWA. Uh, 2020, Alex had said Warburg versus Moretti from PWA. I had said Jessica Troy versus Charlie Evans from PWA. Uh, what do you got this year? Because I don't think you'll be picking something similar to me. Uh, I'm picking the entire PWA versus MCW feud. I loved it start to finish. Uh, I don't think it's quite over yet. Um, but, yeah, I loved every single minute of it. Fair enough. Um, yeah, honourable mention there. Uh, for myself, I picked something from the opposite end of the year in Rice City Wrestling, Rocky Monero and the Family versus the RCW Locker Room. Sort of Rocky in the last few months of his championship reign, trying to win by hook or by crook, having his yeah. teammates out there trying to distract the ref and help him and whatnot. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought that was a, a really good angle of this dominant champion and he's getting all these odds stacked against him to help the challengers and he's just trying to increase the odds in his favour ever more. Uh, yeah. From there... Rising Star of the Year, award number 16 to the best male internationally. Uh, now, 2019, Alex had said Hangman Adam Page. I had said Orange Cassidy. 2020, Alex had said John Silver. I had said Yoda Suji. Uh, someone who I still believe may either be on excursion or uh, not as present. 
Or did he come back at the Dome shows? I can't remember. My brain's a bit fried. <laughs> uh, so I'll kick off 2021. My honourable mentions. AEW's Dante Martin. Yep. Uh, I thought just his in-ring alone is really good. And if this kid does stick around and learn a bit more, maybe I'm not sure how his promos are because he hasn't really done that many on his own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And... This second honourable mention is going to shock you, but somebody who put in a hell of a lot of work for, <laughs> I guess, not really that much in return other than a gift from Triple H. Oh, God. <laughs> Bad money. I mean, you're not wrong. You're I not mean, wrong at all. When you look at that match, who you think's going to be in there the longest, Damien Priest or Bad Bunny, and it turns out it's Bad Bunny against the Miz and Morrison. Yeah. yeah credit to the guy. Uh, yep. But for me, Rising Star of the Year, can't go past. Well, it's Taz's son, Hook. Yeah, so um, I've got here, we've got, I've got written here that we have male and female categories. Yes. So, yes, I agree with you. My male pick is Hook, obviously. Um, in 2021, what did he have? One match or two matches? Two, one or two. I can't remember if the second one fell before or after New Year's. Everything about his presentation, his look, his music. Fuck, his music is so good, too. And I love how Tony Khan has money to pay for... Uh, royalties and everyone yeah. like at the press conference after brian made his entrance was like why didn't you use final countdown he's like oh no europe wanted too much yeah so if tony khan says they wanted too much they must have been asking a shit ton. <laughs> um so we'll go over to the other side of the coin here best female uh 2019 we both agreed on rhea ripley geez didn't that age poorly at uh, 2020 <laughs> alex had said anna jay i'd said thunder rosa who was at the time NWA uh, <laughs> champion for a lot of that year. I'd say those female picks aged pretty well. <laughs> Better than the first one there. Uh, 2021, honourable mention to AEW's Jade Cargill, a relative yep. unknown last year. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. About a year she's been there now. Um, hell, hell of a year for her. Hell of a rookie year. But for me, somebody who got told, no, you're not going to do this, and just took the ball and ran with it and just got so much out of it. Uh, Tay Conti. That's a really good pick, and Tay Conti, Tay Conti is my honourable mention. I guess um, you can flick... You can flip your picks around because, yeah, my female rising star is Jade Cargill. Yeah. Uh, just pretty much, yeah, not really a lot to say there other than she's real impressive. I mean, I mean look at where she is now. She's the first TBS champion. Um, yeah, she's got an incredible look. I think Mark Sterling, Smart Mark, is a great fit for her because she's such a strong character. Like, she can't have any chicken shit qualities that you kind of need someone like him to be the chicken shit for her. Yeah. And, 
yeah, I think it's a good act. I think, yeah, she's got a fair way to go in terms of bell to bell. Like, she's not entirely polished, but there's just no stopping her. She's going to be a top star in wrestling. There's no, there's no other choice. Uh, so best male domestically, 2019, Alex had said his boy, Matty Wahlberg, uh, now Grayson Waller in the WWE. I had said Richie Taylor of MCW. 2020, Alex had said Donnie Mako of PWA. I'd said Liebird Lucci of PWA. Uh, what do you got for us, uh, best male 2021? So I've gone a little outside of the box here, but I've picked a tag team. Yeah. For Rising Star, and that is um, they've been on DMDU shows and some of the Mayhem stuff that's come out uh big dude energy a tag team couple of big boys uh believe one of them's like half filipino uh very excellent look like just big beefy boys and they hit hard in the ring i love it it's like a pair of ishis together and They have a lot of charisma. They're like they're like Ishii if Ishii loved to party. <laughs> yeah, I, I love them. I love them. They're products of the relentless school of pro wrestling, the JXT and Big Rig run, um, and they've really been the standout pu- pupils and graduates from the relentless school of pro wrestling. And yeah, I predict like. If not next year, the year after, big things coming for Big Dude Energy. Love the name, by the way. <laughs> uh, for me, I went to RCW and chose Katie Trey, uh, somebody who's sort of uh, just outside of the uh, the heavyweight championship picture, but I think somebody who could uh, work their way up, um, given that Rocky's now left. And I believe they've done a few... DMDU, yeah, DMDU matches as well. Yeah. Uh, best female, best female domestically, 2019. Alex had said Avery of MCW. I'd said PWA Steph Delander. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Persia Parada. Yep. Good work. Uh, 2020. Alex had said Kingsley of PWA. I'd said Izzy Shaw of Right City Wrestling. And 2021. I'm going back to Sydney to PWA and I'm going to say Cherry Stevens. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a great choice. Finally uh, graduating from the Academy shows onto the the, uh, Black Label shows. Yeah, excellent choice. Yeah, a lot of potential there. Uh, What we've learned from our 2019 picks, it usually, like, we pick our rising star and it takes them about two years to rise. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well that's why they're rising they're not hit their peak yet no so um i'm looking forward to donnie mako signing with nxt next year <laughs> that'd be sick but anyway oh the they would go they would they would go nuts <laughs> with that gimmick they'd find fucking john tenter's son or something oh my <laughs> god no 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 put him in um AEW and have John Tenter manage him. That'd be a bit tough. 
Oh, isn't he dead? <laughs> yeah. That'd be a little bit tough. That's why I'm saying son or something. Anyway. Um, yes. Um, son. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just have him as Donnie Tenter. <laughs> Don Tenter. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, Cherry Stevens, so where do you go best female? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my pick is a RCW... Uh, I think she's from... I think she's from South Australia. You know where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, uh, Delta. Uh, $100 million look. Uh, yep. Fantastic in the ring. I think she, she's, she started training at the end of 2020. I read online somewhere that she started training, like, towards the end of 2020 when things started to open back up again. So she's been at it for barely a year, and Hang she on. is fantastic. Let's see, uh, Delta from Queen. Oh, Townsville, Queensland. Oh wow! Okay, beginning of in-ring career, thirty-first of the twelfth, twenty twenty. Uh, trained by the Basso brothers, Chris Basso and Matt Basso. Signature move F six. Yeah, so there you go. She's an RCW pupil, I guess. Um, yeah, end of 2020. So she's a year in, and she's really good. Yeah. And she's got a look that people... Are, and, like, she's young, so that look's going to, like, get even better. So, so yeah, I think this is going to be one to really keep an eye on. Like, this is a big mover and shaker in the future of women's wrestling. Yep. Uh, from there, we go to Category 8, Tag Team Stable or Faction of the Year, kicking off award number 20, Best Male Internationally. Uh, 2019, Alex had said the undisputed era of NXT. I had said the elite of AEW. 2020, Alex had said Hangman and Kenny of AEW. I'd said the Dark Order of AEW. Um, so for me, a couple of quick honourable mentions. Um, honourable mention to the Briscoes of Ring of Honour. Um, you can't really think of Ring of Honour without thinking of the Briscoes. Um, and also uh, honourable mentions to FTR and the Lucha Bros of AEW. But for me... FTR had such a good year. Yeah, and I'll touch on that a little bit later as well. But for me, um, I said I was thinking about this and thinking who's sort of been positioned the most on TV, who's had a lot of matches, who's had some big matches or big singles matches. And that was Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, along with, uh, I guess, their associates, Marco Stun and Christian Cage. Yeah, so... It's funny you bring this up. Um, I was just reading as to why Marco Stunt hasn't been on TV. Have you heard this? Uh, no, I've been working lots. Uh, it's because he he's auditioning for The Voice and he is he signed a contract where he can't appear for any television any other television show for the time being until it airs. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. The company's at its 
biggest point it's ever been. It has more eyeballs on it. Uh, I think he, he knows. He knows where he fits into the fold. <laughs> yeah, like, I love Marco. If, if you've ever actually heard him sing, he is incredible. Like, oh, okay. really, really good singer. So I think, I think he might be heading towards that direction. I think he's found a new career path. Fair enough. Uh, what about yourself, tag team stable or faction of this year? I know the way that you were thinking, like, yeah, the most screen time, all that. Yeah, you could have got, you could go quantity or you could go quality. Uh, no, I'm not picking Bad Bunny and Damien Priest. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. They got a winning record. <laughs> but I would say I'm picking a team that has teamed up just a little bit more than Damien Bunny. Uh, Damien Bunny, Jesus Christ. Uh, bad Priest. Oh, God. Bad, <laughs> no, not bad, bad name. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Um, Continuing. So... So I picked a team that's maybe had like half half a dozen tag matches at most. Yep. But I would say every single time they've had a tag match, it has been the talk of whatever show they've been on. And they've been together, like their first match was the, the first pay-per-view of 2021. And they've continued on all through 2021 as an act together. I have to pick it because it's just so fucking good and it's always surprising what one of these guys can do. It's Darby and Sting. Wow. That is a really, 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 really good choice. Like, every single time they've had a match, it's always been, like, one of the talking points of whatever show. It's like, holy shit, did you see what Sting did? Holy shit, you see the crazy shit they did together? Holy shit, Sting looks really good. Every single time. Yeah. Like, all like those two and CM Punk all come out in face paint. And, you know, Darby Allen, absolute prime of his career. Maybe not even hit his prime yet. Yeah. CM Punk, one of the hottest characters, hottest guys in wrestling like, the past 15 years. And out of that match, everyone's talking about fucking Sting diving. Like, it's... Everyone's always talking about Sting every time he gets in the ring. And I think there's something to that. And I think it's very possible that in 2022, Sting and Darby Allen are going to win the tag belts. Yeah, and possibly. I, I think that would be a really good idea. One last hurrah for Sting. Yeah, yeah, I would do it. Just give him one last run. It doesn't have to be a long one. Like, they're the sort of characters, like, well, Sting's sort of notorious for not having a title for very long. And Dar Darby doesn't need to have a title for very long either. It doesn't really... It's like Mankind. He never needed to hold it long. But, um, yeah, every match that I had, like the Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky stuff, like that was great. The stuff with Team Taz was great. Yeah, like 
I loved it. Yep. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just bringing up my notes here. Uh, best female internationally. Uh, 2019, we both said the Iconics. 2020, I said the Iconics. You said Golden Royal Models. Would you care to start? Oh, fuck. I just had to scratch my brain a little bit to remember what the Golden Role Models was. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, Sasha and Bailey. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, so my pick this year is uh, I, th- I think you're going to pick the same thing. I'm pretty sure. Uh, TJ. Ah, yes. Anna Jay and Ty Conti. Yep, indeed. Good yeah, man. and it's cr- it's crazy. We're both picking a tag team from a company that doesn't have tag belts. Um, now as we're recording this, have you seen Raw that aired uh, today, the eleventh of January? No, I've seen like I know of results. Do you know of a tag team breaking up? Yes, yes, I uh, I know that. Yeah, so Nikki almost a super heel. Yes, she's the heel in this feud with the very tall Rhea Ripley. When Nikki wanted to be a superhero to all the young girls out there, this feud aside, ask backwards. But my point being, WWE only has one women's tag team on their main roster again, and that's the champs. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Fuck. <laughs> Um, Name me another team. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, maybe Natalia and Tamina, but who cares? They're different <laughs> brands. I checked. Oh, they they've been split up, haven't they? Yeah. Shit. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah. So the, the company with the most eyeballs and the most women, and supposed to have depth of a women's tag division, has one women's tag team. Uh, And I just put out there, honourable mentions to the inspiration, returning to wrestling over on Impact. Yeah, yeah, definite. Also, the Free Babes of NWA for watching that uh, 73rd anniversary show. I found them really entertaining. Uh, So good. And also also the Hex of the NWA also popping up on uh, Ring of Honor Final Battle there for a match. Yeah, uh, those honourable mentions. I would actually like to throw out an honourable mention to a women's team under the WWE umbrella, but it's in NXT. Yeah. Uh, Toxic Attraction, Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan, and my God, I always forget the other one's name, but yeah. Mandy Rose, Gigi Dolan... Uh, what? Right? Why is that one so forgettable? <laughs> Gigi Dolan's Priscilla Kelly. Um, Hang on. Googling. I'm looking oh it God. up. JC yeah. Jane. That that's why it's forgettable. Yeah, that's such why a shit name. Yeah. Yeah, like I can picture her in my head. I just never remember the name. But it's a hell of an act. It's really great. I can't wait for them to get go up to the main roster and immediately split up. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. That is a really good honourable mention in terms of them and the champs on the main roster. They have a hell of a lot more credibility going for them. 
uh, worst male tag team internationally 2019. Alex had said the Dark Order uh, of Uno, Grayson, and the Minions. Yep. Uh, I'd said the Hardy Boys in WWE, Jeff and Matt, and just how short their tag team run was there before they split them. Yeah. Uh, 2020, you had said the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. You're cute. You, not so much. Yeah, I think, like, that needs to be explained that that decision was based on the booking of them, not necessarily the talent of the tag team. <laughs> that is the, like, little asterisk next to the majority of the WWE decisions. Yeah. Uh, whereas I said Bullet Club, Evil and Dick to Go. Any guesses where I'm going this year, Alex? I'm going to guess that you're going to give it a repeat here. Well, not just Evil and Dick to Go, but the House of Torture. Yujiro, Takahashi, and Sho as well in that group now. Okay, That's... cool. So you've also gone for an entire faction. <laughs> but I also want to... Oh, wait, I'll make let you make your choice, and then I'll touch on my honourable mention, because it's not really a, a team per se. All right. So I've got an honourable mention, and that is violent by design in Impact. Sucks. Oh. It's so shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's some talented dudes in that. Like, Dean is really good. There's something Eric there. Young? There's something there with Joe Doring. There's something there with Eric Young. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, they've never explained what the fuck it is. It's just big dudes that follow around this other dude and he speaks really cryptic all the time. Yep. It's, it's like a shitty Wyatt family. Um, In a way. Yeah. I, but my choice. Uh, I really want to emphasize on the stable part of this award. It's the factory. That is a really good choice. That is a really good choice. It's got to be the factory. (laughs) For the amount of screen time they get. Let's not forget, like... It's not just the Anthony Agogo Cody Rhodes thing, which was a featured match at Double or Nothing. What about Q- QT Marshall had a match against Paul White at All Out? Why? That happened. Why though? What everyone calls like the greatest wrestling pay per view ever features a QT Marshall match. Hang on, I want to look something up. Uh, what'd you say it was? All Out? All Out. Okay. Um, Remember that... Remember that shitty angle where QT Marshall threatened to beat up Tony Schiavone's son? I do now. Like, every single thing the factory did, you're... If I told you every single thing they did, your response would be like, oh, yeah, that happened, didn't it? That was a thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. The the factory is 
the right answer for this award. Oh, yeah, I am right. Paul White and QT Marshall co-main evented above CM Punk Darby Allen before the yeah. world title match. I mean, it was the popcorn break, but yeah, tech, on paper, they co-main evented. They were the semi-main. Um, So that's a good pick as well. Honourable mention to the factory. Also, like, TV time. also honourable mention to Heel Gun Club. Fuck. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honourable mention to the incredible faction that is the Elite Hunter. Oh, my God. Yeah, they just gave up on that. That had potential. Like, Kazarian rules, but come on. Oh, yeah. But you know the sad thing about that is? Yoshihashi is a greater elite hunter than Frankie Kazarian. Yoshitatsu. What did I say? Hashi. Damn it, New Japan. Too many similar names. Um, <laughs> my final sort of worst tag team, and this isn't really a tag team or faction in the traditional sense, but more or less a partnership. The Forbidden Door. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, there was great moments of it, but I thought... FTR are on the bench doing nothing. Let's send FTR over to Impact and give them the Impact titles for a month over the Good Brothers or, you know, send them over to New Japan Strong for a little bit. Send one of the women over to Impact or have Diana come over and have an Impact match on Rampage or someone else go over to New Japan Strong. It just felt like this was more of a forbidden window where only a few people could fit than a forbidden door. It was a forbidden cracked window. It's not even an opened one. Um, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to 2022 where we get the most forbidden of all the doors opened and we get Moose in the Royal Rumble. Um, it's going to happen, I swear. Moose. <sighs> Moose. <sighs> Okay, going on from there, because we've still got a few categories to go. We're only at 23. Worst female internationally, 2019. Alex had said Nia Jackson to Mina. 2020, he said the Iconics. Traitor. I said 2019, Nia Jackson to Mina. 2020, I said the Riot Squad, because of their follow-up to <laughs> kicking the Iconics out of the company, uh, disbanding the Iconics, and then just nothing happening with them and the tag titles. Uh, the Iconics choice was yet again a because of the booking decision, it was not because of the talent. Yeah, I um, think that might have been because you were that mad that they broke them up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me this year, it was just Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. This thing just went on way too long. My God, did it. But you know what else went on way too long this year? Charlotte Flair as a professional wrestler, fuck her. <laughs> True, but every name one good feud that she had that the opponent came out of unscathed. But this might be the wrong category for that. Well, this is worst female of the year, isn't it? Tag team. Oh shit. Fuck. All right, edit that out. <laughs> um, sorry, I misheard. Um, fuck. Hang on. 
Do, do, do. So, um, well, I guess later you already know that. Oh, fuck. All right. Worst tag team of the year, females. It's going to an impact tag team. Ooh. Uh, it is the tag team. Um, I love them. I love me some Rosemary. Don't get me wrong. But this whole thing with her and Havoc, it ain't working, man. The spooky shit. Honorable mention to another Impact Wrestling female tag team with uh, Kimberly and uh, Brandy Lauren with Sue Young as their mother. <sighs> Holy shit. Um, all I'm going to say is women's tag team wrestling is great, but every single company that has a women's tag team title has a shithouse women's tag team division, bar one or two. Like, I would say a lot of Impact's tag team division, bar one or two, fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fair call. Um, what about locally? Best male tag team. Uh, 2019, we both agreed on the Brat Pack with Avery. Uh, 2020, we both agreed on the family to a different degree. Alex just saying the Perea, myself saying the entire family faction. Yeah. Uh, where do you go this year? Because I have a kind of probably a different choice than you. Yep. Uh, just give me a minute, my dude, because, yeah, we've got our awards written in different orders. Um, hang on. Oh, no, there it is. All right. Very good. Uh, my award this year goes to the Velocities because I love me some Velocities. Uh, honorable mention, uh, Lightspeed Express and every version of that and every tag team Matt Diamond has been in, which it feels like he's got a different tag partner every show lately. <laughs> yeah. It feels, and like all of them are named and have like a long history and shit too. It's like, oh yeah, he's with Matt Rogers this week and here's their history and they got this name. And this week he's with Robbie Eagles and this is their history. And this week he's with bloody Paris De Silva and this is their history. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this is just... So my honourable mention is not anyone except for Matt Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, for myself, I went a bit closer to home for you to DMDU, but not the team you think I would name. I went blacklisted Fox and JXT. What? You're yeah. giving JXT an award before me? Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Now, every year I'd try to not give him an award because it seems like it's too biased of a thing. It's kind of like that son who plays on a football team coached by his dad, so his dad decides to not favour him because he doesn't want to show favouritism, but it turns out that his dad is actually mistreating the best player on the team. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm like. Yeah, you're not wrong. Oh, yeah, uh, great choice. Uh, the, 
Incredible tag team. Love to see more of them. I thought there was another tag team from that company you would give the nod to. Yeah. Honorable mention to a misspent youth. Yeah. Aisha yeah. and Murdoch. Yeah. But, uh, I was tossing and turning between the velocities and misspent youth, to be honest. Uh, do you have a women's best tag team locally? Uh, that's a tough one for me, so I'll let you go for that one first. Yeah, I just went to the, uh, saw the reliable team of Jessica Troy and, uh, Charlie Evans. Yeah, I was either going to go to her, those two, or or Xena and Kingsley, right? Yeah. (laughs) I think with the country closing down as we introduced this, uh, and a lot of, uh, tag team partners, like, um, for example, I know Lucille Brawl teams with, uh, Tali. But they're yeah. in two different states, so they haven't been teaming a lot lately. So it, it's there is that one. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll go Jessica Troy and Charlie Evans too, because I love me some Charlie Evans. So category nine, wrestler for the year now. Uh kicking off with uh, award twenty six best male internationally. 20... Can we just rip the band-aid off because I just fucked over the female one and just read that out? Okay, okay. We'll jump down a couple. Worst female internationally, 2019. Uh, Alex had said Charlotte Flair. I'd said Lacey Evans. 2020, we both agreed on Nia Jax. 2021, Alex, what you got? Uh, Charlotte Flair, fuck her. <laughs> Every single fucking feud she's been in. All right. yeah. Alexa Bliss had to fuck off for months. Rhea Ripley hasn't been the same since. Bianca Belair like lost all of her momentum and then gets squashed by Becky Lynch. Like anyone, anyone, name one person that has come out positively out of a Charlotte Flair feud. Charlotte Flair? Nope. <laughs> I would say, like, fuck. Like, I don't know what it is with her, but everyone thinks she is so fucking good when she's so shit. Yeah. Ah. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, I, since I spoiled it, we had to just go there. Just rip the band aid off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, honorable mention to WWE and the treatment of their women's division. I touched on it before with the women's tag team division having one team left in it as of this date of recording on the main roster. Let's not forget the garbage bag. Yes, that too. Uh, That happened. There's a reason why I'm reminding you of that. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're freaking belts. It worked so well with the fan base last year at Survivor Series with the tag belts. Let's do it with the women's belts. Okay. Uh, except this time, you're going to give it to Becky, and Becky's going to hold them up, Charlotte, and then she'll give you yours, and then you can hold it up, and you can both look good, and you can walk off with De- uh, not Deanna. Sonya Deville there in the ring. Deanna would be great. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they do look a little similar. They do now that you mention it. Yes. Uh, but instead, we have... Becky reached for the belt and Charlotte's sort of walking away. So then she throws it at Becky and it falls on the ground. And then she <laughs> drops the other one. And what the fuck was this? 
Yeah. The, the simple solution would have been to go, this is the world women's title. This is the universal women's title. You can go to whatever fucking brand you want. Back in the yeah. days of the original band's uh, brand split with the tag belts being world and uh, WWE. Yeah. Or the women's being divas and women's, but you wouldn't go back to a divas belt now. Um, yeah, just the entire women's division. It needs so much more management on it when you're trying to put a spotlight on it. And it feels like half your solutions are fought up of that day because Vince changed his mind again, which may have happened. Yeah. But my award doesn't go to that. It goes to Rhea Ripley again, mainly taking a page from your uh, your book, I guess, in terms of it being her booking and her handling as opposed to the wrestler herself. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a fair shot. That's a fair shout, man. Uh, let's move up one and go Two. to worst male internationally, and then we'll do the best. Uh, so worst male, 2019. Alex had said Seth Rollins. I'd said King Baron Corbin. But I was king since like 2016. 2016 yeah. or 2018, I can't remember. 2018, um, I think, yeah. Uh, worst male internationally. 2020, Alex had said Chris Jericho and Evil. I'd said Bullet Club, Evil, and Dick to go. Uh, do you want to start first or should I? Because I've got two probably controversial picks. Um, I'll go first because mine's not that surprising. Uh, so it, I'm um, once again, uh, Chris Jericho is my award winner, joined with someone else. Uh, every single thing Chris Jericho did this year, like bar one or two, but most of it was pretty shit. Most of his matches were pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Let's not forget the blood and guts match. That whole mattress hullabaloo. And he is tied with from best to worst Cody Rhodes. Yep. I can't defend him. Every single thing he did in 2021 fucking sucked. Yeah. That's real surprising for you. He was my male wrestler of the year 2020. Tied for worst in 2021. I don't know how that happens. It happens Uh, when you give people too much creative freedom. Yeah, that'd be true. Look at Impact and Jeff Hardy back in the day. Ooh, yeah. Willow. Um, fucking, he had a him narrating him walking down a hallway. Ah, oh, that was good though. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> um, for myself, I got yeah, like I said, two controversial picks here. Um. First off, honourable mention to WWE using Logan Paul. Like, why? Why do we need this guy here? Also, honourable mention to, I believe it's Jake who does the boxing. Sure. Stop. Stop boxing. You're ruining boxing. Stop. Uh, but, (laughs) But my award goes to Bill Goldberg. You're still wrestling. Why? Oh, my God. 
we're gonna surprised? Ha- we're gonna have an interesting discussion later. Maybe. Oh boy. Uh yeah. I, the guy's past his prime. I think he'd be better off if he was more protected. But he's not wrestling mid carders and putting them over. He's wrestling people for the title and a lot of the time either winning the non title match or sometimes winning a title. It's uh, no I would no say much. you're not thinking of twenty twenty one. Maybe. I, I would say you're judging him from his actions of previous years and not just 2021. That's my argument. Yeah. Uh, he had, what, three matches this year? Lost two of them. One of them was a world title match, admittedly, but he lost fair and square to Drew McIntyre. Lost to Bobby Lashley. Uh, then he ended up beating Lashley, but that didn't hurt anyone because of the whole feud and the reason behind the feud. And uh, all I'm saying is he had like three matches this year and they were all pretty decent, two of which were surprisingly good. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like... His match in Saudi Arabia with Bobby Lashley, I could watch over and over again. But I I respect your pick. It's 100% a worthy pick, but I just wanted to give my two cents because I think he gets a bad rap when I think he is completely harmless compared to half of the people on their roster that they bring in. Yep. Um. I forgot one of my honourable mentions, and it is Edge. Wow. What? Why Edge? Well, it has nothing to do with his matches. It has everything to do with the fact that uh, every feud he turns into a fucking vampire dropping blood, but it's not blood, it's black. Or every feud is just him sitting in a ring, a dark ring with a spotlight on his head and he's sitting on a steel chair. Stop doing that. Give him some fucking range. And everything's a long-ass monologue about grit. No one knows what the fuck grit is. Go ask Gritty. He'll tell you. Stop making grit happen. (laughs) Poor Gritty. (laughs) Um... Should we go to Best Male internationally now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, 2019, Alex had said Cody Rhodes, and I had said Will Ospreay. 2020, Alex had said Cody Rhodes, and I said Jay White. 2021, uh, I'll go first here, because there are a few surprising picks I don't think you would pick me for. So I said, honorable mention two from GCW, Matt Cardona. Mm, very good pick. Uh, honorable mention to from WWE and AEW, Brian Danielson. Honorable mention good to pick. AEW, Kenny Omega. My but, God. All right. So far, every single honorable mention is one of my honorable mentions. But 
my wrestler of the year, I went with Roman Reigns. Very good pick, but he is my final honourable mention. <laughs> wow. Uh, I am going to blow some socks today. All right, here's my argument, and this is not the last time. It's not the first time I've spoken about him. It's not the last time. Uh, it was the highest rated episode of that show. He trended above the Olympics and the UFC and for an independent wrestling match. Uh, my wrestler of the year, 2021, is the man, the fucking king of this shit, MDK all fucking day, Nick fucking Gage. <laughs> I would yeah. say at one point this year, he was the most buzzworthy wrestler in the world. Like, at one point, yes. I'd say he is the number one independent attraction outside of the major companies. Uh, it, what He comes on to AEW, has a match with Chris Jericho, and it's probably... Like, the only Chris Jericho match people remember from the past year in a somewhat positive light. Oh, that uh, Vibers of Jericho peaked way too fucking early. I thought number five was going to be Lance Storm because it peaked way too early. Yeah. Yeah, it was so... It was booked poorly. Um, like, the Matt Cardona thing, the feud with Moxley. Fuck the dark side of the ring, the most, the highest rated dark side of the ring of that season. And the most, oh, it was the most trending episode of that season. So it might not have been the highest rated. Like this dude is just insanely just over. Just, I can't explain it. And his trending nature, everything about him, Every single match he has, as soon as it happens, it's all over Twitter. It's all over Twitter. Yeah. And he's gonna do some and he's gonna do some insane shit in twenty twenty two. I really think so. Like the number one contender for the GCW title at the moment for the Hammonds for the Hammerstein Ballroom show is homicide. But, and John Moxley's apparently coming back for that, so we're probably going to get Moxley versus Homicide at Hammerstein, and we're going to get Matt Cardona versus Joey Janela, and we're getting Jeff Jarrett versus Effie. Yep. You, so that means that they haven't got anything for Nick Gage yet, which means they've got something huge up their sleeve for Nick fucking Gage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, continuing on here, uh, best female internationally, 2019. Alex had said Shayna Baszler, and I had said Tessa, Tessa Blanchard. Uh, 2020, we both agreed on Bailey. 2021, I'll go first here. Honorable mention to Britt Baker of AEW, but I chose Diana Perazzo of TNA, uh, Impact Wrestling. All right, then I'll swap them over. All right. My honourable mention is Diana Perazzo. 
I, I originally picked Dionna Peraza because I didn't because I thought you were going to pick Brett Baker, so I, I had it the other way around. So my pick is Brett Baker. There's ah. there's no reason to explain myself on Brett Baker. Fair enough. Uh, we'll go down to best male domestically award number thirty. So twenty nineteen, a clean sweep tie of PWA's Matty Wahlberg and MCW Selects. 2020, a clean sweep again with RCW Rocky Romero. And I don't know if you'll agree with me here, but I went with Deathmatch Down Under, Royce Chambers. Fuck. What? Is is this the second... This is the third year in a row that it's a clean sweep for someone. Yeah, on this category, we seem to uh, clean sweep a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, I picked Royce Chambers as well. Yeah, um, definitely one to watch in the future. Yeah, I, I think his future is right now. That's how positive I am about him. What is he, like the MCW Intercommonwealth Champion, is the DMDU Champion. Is He's going to be a lot of places all over Australia. Is slowly starting to take over this scene. Yeah. Um, where the hell was I? Uh, what about best female domestically? 2019 clean sweep for Avery. 2020 clean sweep for Jessica Troy PWA. Alex, where do you go? I'm gonna dive into the DMDU. Well, once again, Ooh. honorable mention to Charlie Evans. But I think you'll be proud of me for this pick. I'm picking Asia. Yes, good choice. Uh, there's there's a f- whole lot of Indy Hartwell about her if Indy Hartwell was a baby face. I don't know what it is. There's just, like, mannerisms and stuff. But Aisha as well, like, there's so much charisma. It's just dying to come out. And... Like, she's really good right now, and I don't feel like she's even hit, like, 80% of her potential. No, not yet. Um, now, honourable mention to Jessica Troy for me, but <laughs> I've actually agreed with you and chosen Asia as well. I had a feeling we were going to be clean sweeping on this one. Yeah. Uh yeah, big fan of Asia for her work in uh, PCW and now more uh, getting a lot more working with uh, DMDU. She's yeah. popped up on MCW a bit recently. So, yeah, really yeah. happy for her. Uh, well, category number 10, Company of the Year, Award 32, Best Internationally, 2019, Clean Sweep for New Japan, 2020, Clean Sweep for uh, all, elite, all Elite Wrestling, I should say. Uh, I'm going to kick things off here. So, honourable mention to Ring of Honour for paying everyone in the pandemic while not running. But i got to go AEW again. Well, I'll consider that uh, another clean sweep. It's with these sort of ones, like promotion of the year, it's pretty much always going to be a clean sweep, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. go on. Like, if they were our company of the year in 2020, 
then 2021, they bring in Punk, Danielson, Christian Cage, like Adam Cole. They got the Undisputed Era now. That all pretty much happened before. Yeah, that all happened before the end of the year. Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho. They bring all those people in. And they had a much better year than 2020. So, yeah, obviously it's going to be promotion of the year this year. Uh, Worst internationally promotion of the year. 2019, Alex had said WWE. I'd said Impact. 2020, Alex had said NWA. I said Ring of Honor. So, 2021, honorable mention to Ring of Honor for not paying attention to their finances during the global pandemic. Wow, yeah. Is that the first time uh, uh, someone got a honourable mention in best and worst of the same category on the same year? Yeah, I had to. I couldn't give them best company for paying everyone while also going bankrupt. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, But my worst company is WWE. I thought, you know, they were just trimming the fat last year with the mass releases. Another lot of about 90 mass releases, excluding backstage personnel, excluding the ones that just happened last week in January. Yeah, this company just has no care for their workers anymore. I'm sorry, independent contractors. Yeah. Uh, So I, I judge this on a completely different scale. I judged this like, yes, the backstage stuff does matter a lot, but it's more so based on what is put in front of me on a television screen. And there's one company that was once my best company of the year that has now become an absolute chore for me to watch. And trust me, I watched three fucking days of Wrestle Kingdom last week. My worst company of the year is New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm sick of the meaningless fucking tag matches. You put on three days of fucking... Well, 2021, you put fucking two days of Wrestle Kingdom in front of the people. And you give us... Half a fucking house show, half a pay-per-view. Then another day of half a house show, half a pay-per-view. Just give us one fucking pay-per-view, for fuck's sake. Stop splitting everything into a fucking money-grabbing fucking... What fucking Sam Punk said the other day on Dynamite about WrestleMania is exactly what New Japan has been doing longer from res- since... Uh, for longer than WrestleMania has. It's a fucking buy two, buy one, get two free fucking bargain extravaganza clusterfuck. Like, it's just... Uh, there's just... What this company was and what it's fallen to, it's just... It's so sad to watch, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I agree with you there on a lot of points. Honorable mention to, yeah, New Japan. It is really just fallen to the wayside. Especially, like, we're coming hot off the heels of Wrestle Kingdom 16, and we haven't even reviewed it yet, and I don't want to give too much of my thoughts away, 
But spoiler alert, they're not positive. <laughs> no. Uh, best domestic promotion, though. 2019, Alex had said MCW. I said PWA. 2020, a clean sweep for Wright City. Uh, what do you got this year, Alex? Yeah, I have a feeling we might be going for another clean sweep on this one. Uh, I'm going deathmatch down under. Yeah, I, I was, figured you would. I wasn't going to at first, and then I looked at all my domestic awards, and it's pretty much all based on people in deathmatch down under. So, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it would kind of be silly if, like, oh, yeah, best bloody male wrestler is a DMDU guy, a best female wrestler is a DMDU guy, a rising tag team is DMDU, rising... You know, this, that is DMDU, but the promotion of the year isn't DMDU. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, where did I put my spot? I've just lost myself there. Honourable mention to PWA and the work they did in Queensland this year as well under uh, their partnership with PWL and Free Count Academy um, running those shows. Honourable mention again to DMDU. Again, this was splitting hairs for me, and it just came down to I'm not a real big fan of the hard, uh, the ultra-violent sort of deathmatch style, and it came down to if I was going to invite my brother who lives down in Melbourne to come watch wrestling with me, and he saw this, because he knows what um, CZW is. He's seen the, uh, the documentary that aired on uh, SBS yeah. that, um, a few years ago. And so he knows what that is. He knows the Zandig meme. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but uh, he wouldn't go to this. And I just went, yeah, that is the biggest hurdle I have looking at DMDU. Yeah. It's it, like... You, you either love it or you don't. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It's heavy metal music. Like... <laughs> Like, some people are just going to hear it and be like, holy shit, have an out-of-body experience. Like, what is this? I'm obsessed with this. I'm going to dive headfirst into the culture. And then most other people are going to be like, oh, not for me. Yeah, so I went with um, Wright City Wrestling again this year. I thought they put out a really good body of work. Yeah, for me, def definite great choice. Like, if that's 100, DMDU was, like, 98 for me. It was very fine splitting hairs. Uh, yeah. We go to Category 11 now. Uh, award 35, Best International Event of the Year. 2019, we both agreed on AEW Double or Nothing. I believe that was the first AEW pay-per-view, if memory serves right. I believe so, yeah. Uh, and then 2020, you had said NXT Halloween Havoc, and I had said uh, New Japan New Year's Dash, mostly for the uh, Liger retirement ceremony. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start, or should I? Because I've got a few honourable mentions here as well. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so honourable mention to AW Grand Slam, coming from the uh, Tennis Centre there. Three shows uh, coming from there, the live... Dynamite and the taped Rampage and the taped Elevation. Uh, the uh, TNA Impact uh, Wrestle House 2, I watched that. I enjoyed that. I thought that was a lot of fun. 
Slammiversary. I can't remember what your thoughts on it were at the time, but I enjoyed that. I thought that was fairly good bell to bell. Uh, AEW, Double or Nothing. I put that on here as well. Uh, the NWA 73rd anniversary show, mostly for just sort of the historical factor being played up. Uh, wrestling at Chase, I think, was its subtitle. The Ring of Honor final battle, which was to a large degree a curtain call for this era of Ring of Honor. And my final honorable mention is AW, the St. Patrick's Day Slam edition of Dynamite. But my uh, best show, a show that I thought just I had no expectations for, absolutely zero, and just went, you know what, I'm going to buy this just so I could talk about it with Alex, and just went, blew all my expectations out of the world. That is <laughs> NWA Empower. Yeah, I already wrote it down for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling you were going to pick that one. Um yeah, that is my highest of honourable mentions of the year. That was a fantastic show, top to bottom. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough great things about that show. Unfortunately, I don't think they'll ever do it again because reports came out that there was like less than a thousand buys. Oh, so like everyone that was. Like, even though it was, like, the top trending thing, just it just means everyone stole it. So that's so shit. Um, hell of a show, though. Incredible stuff. Uh, my pick for show of the year. Man, it was tough. It was tough. It was two pay-per-views I was tossing back and forth between. Um... And it was really tough to pick what I chose as pay-per-view of the year or event of the year because of the aforementioned QT Marshall-Paul White match. Um, but despite that, I would say this was a near-perfect pay-per-view. AEW All Out 2021. Um a fantastic Kenny Omega Christian match. You got the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros in the tag. Uh, steel Cage match. Jeez, like top to bottom, this was banger after banger. Like punk and derby shit. Like go on and on about how great this show was. And then you end it with the debut of Adam Cole and then bang out comes Brian Danielson as well. Like is the hottest ending to a pay-per-view I can ever rem- remember. Ever. Yeah. Uh, worst internationally, 2019, Alex had said Crown Jewel. I'd said Hell in a Cell because of the stupid uh, Seth Bean match. Uh, 2020, I'd said <laughs> AEW All Out. I believe that was the one with the tooth and nail match. Yep. My, how far Brit has come since then. Yep. And Alex had said, WWE, the horror show at Extreme Rules. And where are both those men who were fighting for a title? Double G, double O, double N, double E, Goonie. (laughs) Um, Yep. Yeah. um, Do you want to start or should I? Because I've got a really fun one here. All right, go on. 
So honorable mention to WWE WrestleMania Backlash, because if it works for New Japan putting our most prestigious pay-per-view name on something to make it feel important, by God, it'll work for Backlash. <laughs> Such a pointless move. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, uh, that's up there for me too. And but, let's not forget, that had the fucking zombie match on it. Yep. But my choice for worst pay-per-view event of the year, Survivor Series, the 25th anniversary of The Rock, sponsored by Lint Gold Eggs. Fuck off, this made Survivor Series feel less important than before. My God, did that suck. Oh, that... That sucked so hard. And that was also an honourable mention. <laughs> He's got worse? Um, Take it away. Alright, this is a very fucking controversial pick. But my pay-per-view of the year was an AEW pay-per-view. My worst pay-per-view of the year was an AEW pay-per-view. It was yeah. Revolution 2021. Okay. Everything I said about Full Gear and uh, about All Out and why it was the perfect pay-per-view and uh, you left the pay-per-view wanting more and was the perfect ending to a pay-per-view, this was the exact opposite of everything. It wasn't banger after banger and then the perfect fucking cliffhanger ending it was young bucks versus the inner circle chris jericho and mjf and chris jericho was like struggling to breathe through most of the match then you get a super clunky casino tag team battle royale and then you get hikaru shida versus reu mizunami which it was an okay pretty decent match but absolutely no heat then you get Kip Sabian and Miro versus the best friends. Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy in a big money match. Scorpio Sky grabs a giant Sonic ring. Oh my God, I forgot about the hemorrhoid ring. The only good thing on this pay-per-view was Darby Allen and Sting versus Team Taz in a street fight. And then you end this pay-per-view with the exploding barbed wire deathmatch. I mean, this is the exact... I was trying to think of everything I loved that could classify as pay-per-view of the year. What is the opposite? This fits that perfectly. Banger after banger after banger end with an exciting over-the-top ending that you want to watch more of. Shit yep. match after shit match with no heat, with no heat after no heat, ending with what the fuck was that? Cuts to black. Shit pay per view, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you there for those reasons. Honorable mention. Uh, best domestic event of the year, 2019. Alex had said Clash of the Times. I had said PWA. Black Label Coliseum Night 1 and 2. Uh, uh, 2020, Alex had said Rick South for the boys. I'd said EPW Hot Summer's Night. I have a feeling where you're going, Alex, so you can go first. Yeah, I picked uh, DMDU, The Juice is Worth the Squeeze, both nights the tournament for the 
Damn J.U. Tuttle. Wow. I too have picked DMDU, but not that same event. I picked DMDU, not here to fuck spiders. I mean, any chance to get to write that name down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, both really good events. Um, highly recommend checking them out. I believe not here to um, fuck spiders is the tag team finals, and the juice is the juice is worth the squeeze. Is the two-day uh, championship tournament. Yep. Okay. Uh, so we come to our final category, which is match of the year. So award 38, best international match of the year. 2019, um, Alex had said, AEW double or nothing, Cody versus Dustin. I'd said, New Japan Pro Wrestling final. <laughs> Will Ospreay, uh, best of the Super Junior final. Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi. 2020, Alex had said, WWE NXT UK TV, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. And I had said, New Japan G1 Night 5, Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi. We'd both agreed a cinematic match, however, uh, AEW Stadium Stampede for 2020. What do you got for 2021? And do you have a cinematic match? Yeah, I guess uh, cinematic... um... I guess it could qualify for this year. Um, 2021 is that aforementioned match from AEW Revolution, the street fight with Darby and Sting versus Team Taz. If you recall, that becomes quite a cinematic thing. They're fighting in a wrestling ring in an abandoned warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I can't really think of many other cinematic matches from 2021. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, for myself, I went the Stadium Stampede match again. Yep. Very good choice. Uh, um, what I, do you got? I love the Stadium Stampede, especially when it um, this year actually made its way into the crowd sort of signifying the end of cine- cinematic matches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you got for this year, uh, I guess, best in-ring match <laughs> to dif- differentiate? Um, this is the last time I'll talk about it, but it fucking trended over the Olympics and a UFC pay-per-view at the same time, and it was just an independent wrestling show. Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona, GCW Homecoming 2021. I think it's a lot of my love in wrestling is not about what happens bell to bell. It's about how it happens. Yeah. And that's what I'm about. Like, you could very easily give... Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi match of the year for the third year in a row this year because they've done some fantastic shit bell to bell. But I love the drama of professional wrestling. And this match may have had the most memorable finish I've seen since fucking Brock versus Taker. Yeah, that's that's true too. 
Uh, for me, honourable mentions to AEW Grand Slam Omega versus Danielson in a 30-minute draw. AEW All Out Punk versus Darby in Punk's return. AEW All Out, the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks in the cage match for the tag titles. Uh, NXT TakeOver 36, Walter versus Dragunov, the NXT UK title. TNA Slammiversary, Diana Perazzo versus Thunder Rosa for the Impact Women's Knockout title. AEW Double or Nothing, Serena D versus Rio for the NWA Women's World title. Uh, and my final honourable mention, NWA Empower, Diana Perazzo versus Melina for the Impact uh, Impact World Knockouts title. But my match of the year, I guess an honourable mention also needs to go to, because uh, I haven't jotted those ones down, but I've gone on my phone, to AEW Hangman versus Omega at uh, Full Gear, I believe it is, their title match. And... Yep. Um, Dynamite, AEW, Hangman versus Brian, the 60-minute draw. Yeah, that was Winter is Coming. Yep. Um, now, my match of the year, AEW, St. Patrick's Day Slam, Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker. This yep. that is was, match. That was my super close runner-up, to be honest. This is the match that turned the page uh, on Dr. Britt for me. And I just it went, turned the page for the AEW women's division. Like, at yeah. least the public perception of it. Yeah, that's a very good point as well, because from that point on, I'm pretty sure we went, well, they've got the women now who can wrestle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just remember that just being an all-out match and just the two ladies just went out there and said, fuck it, we'll just go for it. They made an action figure. Of Britt Baker from this match with blood all over it and stuff. Like, it's iconic. It's her Austin moment. Yeah, it's similar to Becky a few years ago. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from there, we go to worst international match, uh, second last award, 2019. Alex had said Super Showdown, Undertaker versus Goldberg. Surprised I didn't cho- choose that, but I went to the pay per view before it for Hell in a Cell. Seth Rollins and versus, versus The Fiend versus a ref versus a toolbox. Such a stupid ending. Uh, 2020, we've both said Naito versus Evil with Dick to go in the corner every single match. Cinematic match, Alex had said the uh, swamp fight at the Bray White compound. I'd said the two for nail match as well as the, um, the WWE Money in the Bank match. Do you have a worst cinematic match this year? Because I have sort of an honourable mention. I don't know if it's really counts or not. Yeah, I don't know if my pick counts or not, but it didn't happen in front of a live crowd and it involved stupid shit. Yeah. So it's the zombie match from WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, I, like they did do some like cinematic tricks here and there to make zombies appear and disappear and shit like that. It doesn't really count, but it was in the Thunderdome, so it was technically cinematic. It was wasn't, probably pre-taped. Wasn't your boy one of the uh, lumberjacks? Yeah. Oh god. Um, for me, I said I don't know if this counts as a match or not. 
but the playground match, Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler, and Shayna goes backstage and has like an ultimate warrior moment in the mirror where she can see the doll, but she doesn't see the doll when she looks behind her. Yep, that's fine. Uh, I'll let that stand. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that sucked. <laughs> in terms of in-ring matches, uh, honorable mention to Cody versus a go-go. Just... It was pretty much just all the Americans going, yeah, Cody. And then, like, the Canadians and us going, what the hell? Because I remember asking you, I'm like, did Dusty do this, like, against Koloff or Sheik or someone? You're like, no, this was a WWE thing. Dusty was in NWA. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that just left a bad taste in my mouth, especially when a go-go is, like, an Olympic. I think he's bronze medalist. He's someone who you should be protecting. to a large degree and molding as somebody who's someone you can put out there for PR and stuff. Yep. Um also WWE the money in the bank match Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. I think Rhea won the title either at WrestleMania or Mania Backlash. And then Charlotte won it back here and it's like, yeah, who cares. But yep. my worst match of the year and I'm sorry, I have to tie the post match into this bell to bell for what this match was, an exploding barbed wire death match, which was the equivalent of the sparklers I had in the backyard for New Year's Eve. Yep. Uh, Actually, I could send you a photo of the fireworks we had. Uh, I mean, sparklers, and they were better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, please send me your photos. That's cool. I like sparklers. Um, So... You've kind of undercut mine by mentioning it in your honourables, but I'll just go for it. Cody versus a go-go, AEW double or nothing. It did nothing for anyone. Um, Cody Rhodes, what does he do? He beats a rookie on pay-per-view. Whatever. A go-go is dead on arrival now. He gets beat in his first big match. I don't know. Uh, did nothing for anyone. The feud before it sucked. Uh, you recall the weigh-in and Paul White struggling to work the scales and it dragged on oh, for five extra minutes. Yes. Like, nothing went right in this feud. Nothing went right. It was cursed. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, certainly was. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it just sucked. And where has a go-go been since then? It seems like he hasn't done anything. Is he injured? No, no. Shit, it's just disappeared. <laughs> I can see why. Yeah. Uh, from there, we go to our last award, Best Domestically 2019 match of the year for Alex and myself was PWA, All Eyes on Troy, Shazza McKenzie versus Jessica Troy. Uh, Now, uh, 2020, Alex had said Rick South for the boys, Jessica Troy versus Steph Delander. I had said Call to Arms, Jessica Troy versus Charlie Evans. Uh, Now, there is a cinematic match this year. Do you think it deserves mention as best cinematic match locally? Yeah, definitely. I think we can both agree. We both pick it. 
I'm talking of PWA, the prefix playground schools I uh, school fight out forever match. I forget its actual official title. School grand fight. Uh, yeah. yeah, really, really fun match and did a lot of things that I didn't expect an Aussie company to do. Yeah, it was very fun. I could watch that any day of the week. I've watched, rewatched it actually a couple of times. Don't blame you. Um, yeah, do you have a best of or should I go first? Oh, yeah, I'll go now. Um, my match of the year is, surprise, surprise, DMDU, night two of Juice's Worth the Squeeze. It is the final of the DMDU title tournament. It is Richie Taylor versus Charlie Evans. I mean, wow. the physicality in this match and the fact that we had an intergender match to crown the first DMDU champion. Like, man, I feel really bad that I didn't give Charlie Evans my wrestler of the year, but goddamn was she close. Like, everything she did was just perfect. And now she's over in America, like, killing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, For myself, I go to the same event. DMDU, the juice is worth the squeeze, but night one, and I go another mm. intergender match Jessica Troy versus AJ Istria yes, fuck that's a good match I did not know how much I wanted this match until the bell rang and I'm like fuck this is a really good match <laughs> yeah, I was a bit disappointed we didn't get to uh, Tommy Knight versus Jessica Troy yeah but um, um, that's my ultimate dream match in Australian wrestling right now. Well, now that uh, Jessica's in uh, Victoria a bit more often, it seems like maybe that'll happen. It needs to happen, please, wrestling gods. Um, yeah, great pick, my man. Uh, fantastic choice. Oh, my God, what a banger that is. Yeah, uh, so that concludes the awards section. Do you have time for a quick likely-unlikely before we wrap up? Of course. Okay, so likely-unlikely. Renegades of Wrestling tours in four of the Australian or New Zealand states. So uh, the eight Australian states or the North or South Island of New Zealand. At least four different ones. Like, I'm going to sound like the eternal pessimist so on this one. There, it's under half. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I'm such a pessimist with this thing. We've just had our hearts broken too many times. Yeah, I agree with you there. Unlikely. How about Renegades of Wrestling holds a show in a regional city or town? Uh, excluding Geelong, Newcastle, or the Gold Coast. So somewhere like uh, um, Wagga, Alice Springs, uh, Townsville. You know, somewhere that's Uh, far enough away from that capital city. I would say... 
Aubrey's on the way to Sydney. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking here. Uh, I I think it could be likely. I guess I'll pick likely, but it could. <laughs> yeah, likely. Sure. Okay. Let's be optimistic here. I'll say unlikely for that one. Yeah, I do agree, but I I want to sound a little bit more positive and hopeful. Good, then you can give me a live report, maybe. Uh, PWA and PWL, uh, PWL of Queensland, hold a super show that takes place in Queensland. So it's not a PWA-only promoted show, it's a dual-promoted show. Um, unlikely. I'm going to say likely for that one. Uh, number four here. A foreign tour from an overseas promotion takes place on Australian or New Zealand soil. So, yeah, New Japan. So, for, yeah, for 2022. Yeah, for 2022. Unlikely. New Japan, WWE, AEW. Unlikely, but Banner's in Australia right now, so... You never know. He's like doing a live art of wrestling before the PWA show this weekend. Fair enough. Uh, AEW, and this is my final question, AEW signed two or more Aussies or Kiwis to contracts. So two or more total Aussies or Kiwis to contracts. Not working deals to appear on Dark or Elevation. Oh, fuck. So I'll like say, a proper um, contract like Ruby Soho got. I would say is there's just accessibility is a thing and I don't think they have access to people that are willing to commit that contract at the moment. You and the Aussie uh, free agents and the Kiwi free agents stateside at the moment. Yeah, and I still like I don't see it happening with him, especially when you've had Tony Khan come out in interviews and say that he's going to not sign many people this year, um, which is a real great thing to put out in the universe. Yep. Everyone, come watch our show. We promise you no surprises this year. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I say unlikely. Yeah. Um, do you have any questions or is that sort of it? All right. Okay. All right. WWE works with more than one other wrestling promotion in 2022. So we know that they've got, they're working with Impact for the Rumble. But do you think they will work with one other promotion or bring in someone from another promotion? Outside of their, like, outside of um, who the hell's their ones? Outside of all those independent companies that they chewed up and spat out. So, like, your WXW, your ICW? Yeah, outside of those. Okay, okay. Um... Unlikely. I say it's going to happen at the Rumble. And I, 
I'm calling it right now. And maybe it's because of the Mickey James thing, but I think we're going to get Nick Aldis in the Rumble match. Who's Mickey signed to? Impact. NWA or Impact? Well, she's the Impact champion. She's the Knockouts champ. Yeah, I know that, but I couldn't remember if she was signed to NWA because she went there first, I thought, to be with Aldis. I think she's technically a free agent, but like Scott Demore went on Twitter and said, "We're so happy, Impact Management and WWE worked this out and blah blah blah." So I assume that there's a deal there. So maybe Nick Aldis can squeeze his way into the Rumble, but I don't even think that would be the right NWA guy to bring in. Just bring in Taurus. Bring in fucking Sandow. Yes. Do a spot with Miz and then hit Miz's music. Miz is all alone in the Rumble. Five, four, three, two, one. Awesome. Miz's music plays, but it's Miz Dow. It would guarantee you it would go, the crowd would go nuts. It would be huge. Anyway. Um, Alright, Kazuchika Okada wrestles on North American soil in a pay-per-view in 2022 for a company not New Japan. Can you repeat that? Yeah, I worded that wrong. Uh, Okada's going to wrestle on pay-per-view in North America for a company that is not New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Carter wrestles in a North American pay-per-view. Carter on pay-per-view in America. Not New Japan. Um, that's hard. To, who is the actual New Japan affiliate? Is it AEW now? Yeah. Now that Ring of Honor's yeah, that's... sort of dead? Basically, my question is, will Okada wrestle in AEW on pay-per-view in 2022? Do the... Uh, yeah, I'll say likely. I'd say likely, too. Um, vice versa, Kenny Omega wrestles in Japan again in 2022. I mean... If there's a year to do it, it's fresh off the title run after he's healed up from injuries. Doesn't necessarily need to come back to AEW right now. And AEW needs to start sending people over there to fucking make up for the favours New Japan's done. If... If, as I suspect, the partnership is going ahead between New Japan and AEW now, Ring of Honor's pretty much done and gutted and dead. Uh, I'm going to say likely on that because the Ring of Honor guys used to go for G1, so that makes sense. Kenny would go on a tour. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we're going to see Kenny Omega in the G1 this year. Uh, Any more, man? Yeah, uh, one final one. I don't know if 
this is another New Japan related question. Because I am some, I'm just so hopeful for a resurgence for this company. And this might not count for likely for 2022, but let's just lump in next year's Wrestle Kingdom as part of 2022. Next year's Wrestle Kingdom will be a three-day event, just like this year, except instead of Noah, next year it's going to be an AEW versus New Japan show. A A W not Noah. Um, Do you think this was all just a warm up for an A W thing? I'm gonna say unlikely on a specific like a head versus head show. I mean, did you watch that head versus head show? Yeah. I mean, it's not like they went out of their way to give you barn burner classics on that. They just threw a heap of people into multi-man matches. Yeah. So I say unlikely on head versus head, but likely to appear on Wrestle Kingdom in some way. Yeah, my conspiracy theory is that this whole Noah versus New Japan thing was just to test the waters for future promotion versus promotion show with AEW. So I say it's I say it's likely. Yeah, well that's fair. Uh, um, make one weird prediction for this year. What one out of the blue thing that you don't that no one else will see coming that you think will happen. One out there prediction. Yeah. Hmm. WWE is sold by December. That's a really good one. Uh, I say, hear me out, I have logic behind this. John Cena appears on AEW television. I know your logic there. Like that TV show that he's doing. It's on TNT or TBS or one of the two. And my logic is he won't actually be in the arena, but that will do some weird fucking crossover ad in the middle of a Dynamite or a Rampage or something. Yeah. And then we'll get the AEW debut of John Cena. Maybe. But what a long and fun show we had today. Well, it was yesterday when we started. Well, for me it was. Oh, don't worry, <laughs> that's only a few minutes away. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, uh, I suppose nothing left to say, but where can the good people find you and your other podcast? You can find me on uh, Twitter and his <laughs> shit. I'm so rusty at this, eh? <laughs> uh, Everything's on... in the show notes. Go look there. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fruities Alex. You can find us at Wrestle Oz Star with an AUS on Instagram and Twitter. Um, what's the other thing I say? Yeah, search us up on Facebook. 
wrestling Oz style, also check out at Sid underscore pod and you can find Chris at... You can find me at I'm Chris Funder on Twitter where I complain about the WWE Raw product constantly and fight with people. Or you can come watch me on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Chris Funder where I play Pokemon for fun and stuffs and need to set up with Alex when we're playing WWE 2K something. Yeah. Uh, other than that, you can go back, listen to the entire Wrestling All-Star archive uh, on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, the weekly Wrestling Wrap Wednesdays on YouTube and using the RSS feed found the show notes below for your podcast choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day and we'll speak to you next time. Final weird prediction, WWE 2K22 features less, um, more than 50% of the roster on the the video game is no longer with the promotion, (laughs) and 2K22 doesn't even come out in 2022. (laughs) What's that old kayfabe headline that was going around every time the releases were out? It's like... uh, 2K issues press release stating WWE 2K22 pushed back due to uh, game corrections. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a strong possibility the AEW video game comes out before 2K. Uh, once it does, I'm getting that thing. Oh, Hopefully it's yeah. on PS4. Hey, humans, have a wonderful year. Yes. Goodbye now.